to another episode of the Cuddly Caveman Hour. I am your host, Jason Harvey, and uh, that song was by the Deep Space Destroyers. Uh, the song is Return to the Black Star. So, um, today, uh, I actually just kind of wanted to open up the podcast and tell you guys the great news. Um, my son, Dakota, came early so uh it was rather unexpected um and uh he came to us on the 27th of august so almost like two weeks ahead of time he was just ready to pop out so i'm very very happy very pleased that my son is finally here get to see his cute face smiling every time i I uh, feed him his milk, and um, also very sleep-deprived, <laughs> so I hope this podcast is going to make sense for you guys, um, and I just, I still want to talk about the experience of having my son, um, you know, the I this is my second kid, and the first time around, my daughter, when she was born, it, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't, I didn't fall out. I didn't faint. I didn't pass out. Um, but it was a very surreal experience for me. And, uh, it was almost like I was viewing everything from the third person. I felt like I, I wasn't really there. And, um, so when, when Dakota was born, I was like, okay, I got this. I know what to expect. And um, so when when he came, you know, I watched everything. It was right up there. <laughs> and uh, just watched him come out and and uh, cut his cord. And, and uh, it was just the most beautiful thing. And I, I made a post about this on... on uh, think Instagram about you know just holding him after he was born and having this deep profound joy um the first time around it I think there was there definitely was joy but there was also fear like oh my god I'm a dad now I'm not ready for this like what what qualifies me to be a father? I felt that when Jessica was born. But this time around, when my son was born, I just felt this just this joy that I 
can't really explain. And, um, sorry guys, they're, uh, my apartment complex is doing some construction outside. So forgive the, uh, background noise if you can hear it. Um, anyway, uh, there was just this deep and profound joy that I felt, uh, just holding, just holding him like maybe 10, 15 minutes after he was born. And, uh, just re the realization hit me that I can now be the father that I wish I had. And man, I just started crying. <laughs> I, yeah, I was crying. I mean, not like crying like a baby, but you know, yeah, I was shedding tears. And, uh, that made me so happy to realize, to realize, to have that realization that, you know, I, I can set things right with my son. And, uh, and I, that's probably what life is all about. Striving for better than the circumstance of, in which you came from. Or, I mean, if you came from really great circumstances, then you just keep carrying on the tradition of greatness. Um, so, yeah, my son, my son, little Dakota. I'm very, very pleased, very happy. He's healthy. Um, just a beautiful baby boy. And I, I, I was just looking at him the other day. We, um, we took some time and um, I laid him on the bed. And uh, I laid down on the bed, and we were just staring at each other. And it was probably one of the most amazing experiences that I could think of. Um, and I've had the, these moments with my daughter, too, where we just kind of stare at each other. And just watching him, like his pupils, you know, focus and unfocus. And just seeing him really staring at me, like staring me straight in the eye. It was a very powerful moment, one that I don't think I'll forget too soon. So I, uh, becoming a parent, becoming a father, I would highly recommend it if your circumstance allows it. If you're working... <laughs> You know, like, I don't want to get too preachy. Uh, I think the previous episodes were a little preachy. When um, when I was working at Subway, there's no way... I, I realized that there was no way that I could support a family on a Subway income. That just was not going to happen. And uh, so I waited waited to have a kid. I, I really, I've always wanted to have my own family. And, um, and I had that deep desire, um, within to have a family. And then when I met my wife, you know, just kind of one thing led to another. And now I have two kids. I don't know if I'm going to have more because, uh, you know, kids are expensive. But I think two is probably a good number. 
um, just to give you guys a little background information. I grew up as a as a um, only child, and it was always rather boring, you know, just play, trying to play by myself. Um, I would play with my friends, but sometimes they would be playing with their other friends or, you know, they'd be off doing their own thing. And so, I don't know, it was just kind of a... Um, there was a lot of moments where I was bored out of my mind. And uh, so I, I wanted for Jessica, my older daughter, my older kid, to have the, just to have the experience of having a sibling around, even if he does get on her nerves and pulls her hair and picks on her, stuff like that. I'm expecting Dakota to be <laughs> just a little cave boy, wild and crazy. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I went on a long rant about my kid, but can you really blame me? I am so excited. I have a son. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll shut up about that now. <laughs> okay. So... We're going to kind of take a break from the normal. Uh, the last couple episodes we covered, uh, we've, we've been doing some quotes uh, from Marcus Aurelius's uh, meditations. But today I wanted to take from Epictetus. Epictetus. I like Epictetus. Epictetus. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of... Uh, background information. Uh, Epictetus um, was born around um, uh, 50 AD, um, and he was born a slave in, uh, I guess they think, Turkey. And um, he, he was a Stoic philosopher. And uh, just to give you guys a little bit of background information, um, the name, uh, and I'm just pulling this from Wikipedia. Epictetus was born in um, 50 AD, uh, presumably, presumably at Heropolis, Phrygia. I hope I said that right. The name his parents gave him is unknown. The word Epictetus in Greek simply means gained or acquired. Wow. Uh, the Greek philosopher Plato, in his laws, uses a term as property that is added to one's hereditary property. So he was very much a slave in his early life. Um, in his early life, Epictetus acquired a passion for philosophy, and with the permission of his wealthy owner, he studied Stoic philosophy. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Hopefully that annoying whatever sound that's coming from outside, uh, you guys cannot hear that. So, uh, carrying on on Wikipedia, um, he studied Stoic philosophy under Musonius Rufus, which allowed him to rise in respectability as he grew more educated. Somehow he became crippled. Origen stated that his leg was deliberately broken by his master, Brutal. And Simplicus 
Simplicius. Man, I am butchering these Roman Roman names. Uh, stated that he had been lame from childhood. So a little little discrepancy. Epictetus attained, obtained his freedom sometime after his death of Nero in 68 AD, and he began to teach philosophy in Rome. About 93 AD, Emperor Domitian banned all philosophers from the city, and Epictetus went to Nicopolis in... <laughs> somewhere in Greece, where he founded a philosophical school. His most famous pupil, Arian, studied under him when a young man, uh, around 108 AD, and he claimed to have written the famous discourses from his lecture notes, which he argued should be considered comparable to the Socratic literature. Arian describes Epictetus as being a powerful speaker who could induce his listener to feel just what Epictetus wanted them to feel. Many eminent figures sought conversations with him. Emperor Hadrian was friendly with him and may have listened to him speak at his school in Nicopolis. So, pretty cool. Um, and sounds like a very powerful individual. And I'm amazed at Epictetus' story because he, you know, was born as a slave and works his way up through a school of philosophy and is able to um, teach at open up his own school and to teach other students. So I think, I don't know, that's pretty awesome, especially back in the Roman days, because I'm pretty sure that there wasn't a whole lot of social mobility um, back in the ancient Roman days. If you were born a slave, you probably stayed a slave until the end of your days. Anyway, um, just wanted to give you guys a little bit of background about his life. So the quote I wanted to pull from, from uh, this is the, it's titled The Manual, A Philosopher's Guide to Life by Epictetus. And I will post a link to where you can buy this book on Amazon if you want to read along with me or, you know, you just want to want your own copy, want to read it for yourself. Okay, enough of that. On page five, if you wish to have peace and contentment, release your attachment to all things outside your control. This is the path of freedom and happiness. Whenever distress or displeasure arises in your mind, remind yourself, this is only my interpretation, not reality itself. Then ask whether it falls within or without or outside your sphere of power, and if it is beyond your power to control, let it go. So, um, I think... Uh, I've been practicing a lot on um, just letting stuff go. The first thing that I can think of right off the bat um, is uh, jujitsu. I've been practicing for about a year now, so I'm still a baby in terms of uh, the jujitsu world. But initially, uh, when I first started out in jujitsu, um, it, 
it was a frustrating experience and a very humbling experience being submitted by everyone all the time. <laughs> and uh, because I'm not a very physically strong person and I have no wrestling experience, um, I did take Taekwondo when I was a kid, but that does not help at all in jiu-jitsu. And uh, um, so it was a very humbling experience, and I had to put myself in a place of just letting stuff go. You know, oh, I, well, I got tapped every single time tonight. Just let it go and, you know, try again tomorrow night. Try, try what, you know, your coach taught you uh, the previous night. Try that. Or, you know, look something up on, you know, I was looking up uh, quite a bit of, you know, YouTube tutorials on just how to get out of uh, somebody on, you know, what's called side mount or how to get out of uh, um, a full-on mounted position, how to get out of that. And uh, so I would just try try my best. Sorry, my cat's being crazy. I would just try my best at trying to get out from those positions. And I still end up in those positions today. And um, so, and I would say after a year of practicing jiu-jitsu, it's still, it's still a very humbling exercise because I still get tapped. I maybe once in a while uh, will we'll tap somebody but it's usually a new guy. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. And I, and I don't feel great about, about that. You know, it's, you know, there's the moment of realization that, oh, okay, this could actually work. And then I go up against somebody that's been there, you know, the same amount of time, Devlin talking about you. <laughs> Devlin is a beast, and uh, he just works me over every single time. And I think we've been training for relatively the same amount of time. And he's just a great physical specimen. <laughs> uh, this isn't getting into anything homosexual, I swear. Okay. Okay back on track. Um, I think it's just, it just depends on your physical ability and just trying to stay calm within the moment and applying the correct technique at the correct time. Um, so for me, just solely relying on technique um, without any strength, because I'm not strength gifted. Um, you know, that it, it's hard. I mean, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. I mean, if, if I were to tell you, yeah, you should go train jujitsu, it's easy. I would be lying to you. It is probably one of the hardest things that I have ever trained in. Definitely harder 
than Taekwondo. Definitely harder. I did do like a year of boxing. Um, definitely harder than that. So I guess what I'm really trying to say is it's just a continual process of letting, just letting go and um, working on not panicking because you get into those positions or I get into those positions where I'm extremely compromised and uh, not freaking out and concentrating on breathing through my nose, um, breathing through my nose and out through my mouth. I'm not always successful with that, um, but I, I definitely do think I'm, I'm a lot calmer than when I went into it. Because I've been in those positions before, and none of the guys that I train with are intentionally trying to rip my head off. You know, we're all pretty good friends, I would say. And we all, you know, if we see each other, you know, out in the public, we're like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, we're excited to see each other. So I have to say, I would recommend it. I mean, if you. If you're into that sort of thing, if you want to suffer, if you want to do something that's really hard, um, if you want to be very humbled, um, if you want to establish a practice of letting go, um, I would say jujitsu is probably the best form of that. And I think the next form or, you know, so, something else that I also do that I just got back into to today um, would be running. Um, I went running this morning and I have to be honest, uh, last night I didn't get that much sleep, maybe about two hours. Um, because Dakota's on this weird sleep schedule where he sleeps during the day and he's awake and wants to eat at night. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I didn't get that much sleep. I just wanted to try to run off that stress, that no sleep stress. And, uh, I ran about a mile and, um, it felt great to just be running again after I think I haven't run in the last couple of years, um, seriously and consistently. So, um, just starting back up it, there was all these, these thoughts that just started creeping up into my head, you know, the thoughts, uh, you know, just, I became instantly aware of what I've done to my body within the last couple of years. I'm feeling every slice of pizza that I've eaten. I'm feeling every bucket of ice cream that I've poured down my face. You know, just in the jiggly love handles as I'm running down an ATV trail. And it wasn't a pleasant feeling. So there was those thoughts. 
that kept creeping up into my head. You know, oh man, this sucks. You know, why didn't I keep up with this? You know, I waste, you know, I've been wasting two years of two, three years of not, you know, keeping up with this. And, uh, I really had to let those thoughts go. And then there's all of these like little random thoughts that would pop up. And so, and, and even just trying to breathe, oh my gosh, like I felt like I was breathing through a straw. I couldn't even breathe through my nose like I was doing in the past. Um, I had to breathe through my mouth. I was sucking in air just, you know, yeah, it was a strange, it, it, it was quite the humbling experience, um, starting back at, at zero pretty much. And, uh, so I had to put myself in this place of, okay, just got to get all that stuff out of my head while I was running and just concentrate on breathing in, breathing out, no matter how you can get it, breathe in, breathe out. And, you know, we're running, I'm running down this dirt trail. I'm watching out for these rocks, sticks. Okay, we got this coming up. We've got a little um, incline up this little tiny hill. We're going to go down this little slope. Okay, just trying to manage this trail. My cat is taking a poop right there next to me. I don't know if you can hear that, but my cat just took a big shit all in the litter box. Thank you, Tiggy. His litter box is right next to where my podcast is set up, so... <laughs> God, that stinks. Thank you so much, Tiggy. God, you're an asshole. Okay. Well... I'm the asshole for putting his uh, litter box right next to my desk. Anyway, um, we're probably going to edit that out. So yeah, I'm running down this dirt trail, this ATV trail, just trying to maintain, just trying to maintain uh, my own body relative to the trail and trying not to break my toes. I, I run in these minimalist warache style running sandals. So, you know, if I bust a toe, it's going to be bad. I've, I've broken toes in the past. I've ripped toenails off, which is very painful and I don't want to experience it again. So I'm just hyper-focused on what is happening in this moment. And um, I found a clip that I think really does highlight this. I just absolutely, absolutely love this movie. It's called uh, Peaceful Warrior, and it's based off of a book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Um, so yeah, uh, let me cue up the audio for you guys. And it it's uh, Nick Nolte and some other, I don't know, actor. So Nick Nolte's voice is, uh, you know, gravelly. So Hopefully, you guys can hear what he's saying. There's never nothing going on. If you're looking with a clear mind. 
Start with the past, Dan. Understand something. There's nothing you can do to change it. The past is completely out of your control. You're up on the rings and you think to yourself, the last time I didn't do so good. The past now has all your attention and concentration. So, throw it out. The same with the future. Gee, I really hope I ace my dismount. I really hope Joy and I get together. The future now has your concentration. You see? So throw it out. Take out the trash, Dan. The trash is anything that is keeping you from the only thing that matters. This moment. Here and now. And when you truly are in the here and now, you'll be amazed at what you can do and how well you can do it. Okay. So yeah, that was... Uh, his character, Nick Nolte's character, is Socrates in um, The Peaceful Warrior. And uh, he's kind of, well, he is Dan's mentor. He's his Yoda in this movie. And um, I really like that phrase, take out the trash. The trash is, you know, oh, I, I used to run... Every day, um, three miles every day for years. You know, that's in the past. Uh, I hope I don't rip my toenail off. That's in the future. Just staying within the moment and maintaining the trail, maintaining my own body, maintaining how I breathe. And you know what? Once I stopped running, it all came flooding back. All those little thoughts came flooding back. Even having the realization that, oh, feels like I can actually, I can actually breathe now. Even that. I mean, I, I don't know how you completely stop that. Um or how how anybody could ever really stop that or maybe it's just becoming aware of the clutter and not reacting to it um there's this uh really cool podcast or not podcast uh there's this really cool meditation app that i have called uh smiling minds and or smiling mind i should say and um it's based out of australia and uh, i think it's produced by some university they're getting their funding from somewhere so it's completely free to use i know there's um headspace that's i think it costs like 15 dollars a month which i'm you know i i have to say if i can get a service for free that's really good i'm gonna go with that service and smiling mind is that service it's really good and i've tried a lot of other meditation apps and this is just as good as those 
but you know, even, even doing a uh, smiling mind, uh, since it's based out of Australia, the uh, narrator has this really smooth, sexy Australian male voice. And I get caught up in it a little bit. Like I have this thought like, man, this guy's accent is awesome. So I have to let that go. <laughs> I have to, well, just let it go, be aware of it, and just let it float on by. Let that little thought bubble float on by. So if I could get back to the quote at hand, whenever distress or displeasure arises in your mind, remind yourself this is only my interpretation, not reality itself. Then ask whether it falls within or outside your sphere of power. And if it is beyond your power to control, let it go. Just let it go. So many times I find myself getting caught up, and I think maybe we all do, getting caught up in those moments, especially when I'm driving getting caught up in those moments, oh, this fucking asshole cut me off, or, you know, this person says that, I'm going to say that, and, you know, just building up those little arguments inside, inside your head. And that's all just counterproductive to living a peaceful life, I would, I would imagine. So letting go. And I, I think, you know, I find myself letting go of even just in moments, difficult moments of parenting when, you know, my oldest is just being a two-year-old and, you know, just emotional. And, you know, I'm starting to get emotional. And then I've had these moments of, you know, where I just stop and I pause and I think, you know, if I, if I say something, I'm just going to make it worse. So why don't I shift and say something else? Why don't I try to make her laugh? And it works for the most part. It's probably not going to work when she's a teenager, but, uh, you know, for now it does. And, um, just... I guess just maybe that's not really a good example of letting go. I think that's probably more of a good example of redirecting your redirecting redirecting the energy between the interaction of two people. You know, when somebody's being resisting, then you then you kind of divert that energy. When somebody's being angry, if you're angry back, then you both just kind of keep escalating the situation, getting preachy again. I guess that could be considered letting it go, right? Letting the pride go of, you know, wanting to to win the 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 argument or the conversation or, or whatever is happening and just to place myself in a different, I guess a different reality 
just a different way of coming across. And um, like I know, I know a lot of the times, you know, in the workplace, I've had to just come across from just stifle my anger or I don't know what to call it my own wants, my fears, my desires, or my my own preconceived notions about how a certain situation should go, change direction and and uh, try to get to a, a better solution. I also serve as a, um, a like a like a life coach, I guess. I have I wear many hats at my job. And um, I teach kids, you know, kinder through fifth grade. I teach them STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. But I also teach them life skills. And we've been getting into this dialectical behavioral therapy, which um, has a lot of, um, of its base in, in Zen Buddhism. But, I mean, I can see it in Stoicism. I can see it in Christianity. I can see it in a, in a lot of different things. And they pulled from a lot of different uh, traditions, and they admit this. Uh, the um, the uh, therapist that, that came up with this therapy. And uh, so I noticed in my... When I'm dealing with my kids, it... You know, when they're at a 11, I can't come across to them at the same level because that's just going to, you know, they're, they're just going to shut down. So toning my pride down, toning my level down, toning my voice down when I'm talking to, you know, one of my awesome kids that's being all emo. Uh, it, I noticed, I noticed there's a different effect, right? Once I have established this relationship of trust, because I've been working with some of these kids for a while, um, once I have established this relationship of trust, you know, and they know that I'm not going to freak out, I noticed that they open up so much more. You know, whereas they just came from a situation where a teacher is just yelling at them and making them feel bad in the classroom. And these kids are probably not the favorite of their classroom, probably not the favorite in the entire school that I work with. And so, you know, they, they're awesome. And, uh, just trying to de-escalate the situation I think is also a part of just letting go of the need to control a situation and needing to, I guess, scratch that dominance itch, you know, and just come across from a place of, you know, I just really want to help this kid. I think um, 
man, I, I, I really do love my job and I love doing jujitsu. I starting to love getting back into running again. Um, and I love this movie, the peaceful warrior. And I love this quote by Epictetus and, um, and I love you guys. I'm sorry if, <laughs> if that was really awkward. Um, I have to say, I did not write anything down for this episode. I was just kind of freestyling it. I don't know if you guys could tell, but um, if you could, if you're listening to this on iTunes, um, give it a, a starred rating. I don't care. Just, just give one, um, either a five to one doesn't really matter to me. And, uh, just write a, a nice little review, uh, nothing too, too hate driven. And, um, if you do give a one star review, tell me how I can improve. If you give me a, uh, five star review, then I don't know, leave a nice, cool little comment. Um, share it around, share it on your social medias. If you like this episode, um, you can find this episode on anchor.fm forward slash cuddly cavemen. Um, I'm in the process of developing, reworking the uh, main website, cuddlycavemen.com. Um, but you can find uh, this podcast on uh, Instagram, Twitter, can follow me on there if you want. I just created the Twitter account, so I'm looking at ways to, I don't know, engage and uh, grow the audience. Oh, also, a cool little feature on the uh, anchor.fm website, anchor.fm forward slash cuddly cavemen. If you go there, um, there's this button that you press and you can submit a voice message if you want. So I would love to hear from you. Um, you, I th believe you do have to create an account. Sorry, there's no way around that. But just create an account, leave me a voicemail, and uh, with your permission, or I don't know, without your permission, I'll just play it on the next podcast, and uh, you'll be featured, and uh, I'll respond. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, I think this is about it for me. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.